0: Welcome to the Undercover Angel Podcast. Thanks for listening. Undercover Angel Podcast. I perhaps should have put this episode, squeezed it in with the last episode, but I forgot, or I didn't think to, so no big deal. So I talked about how my friends basically traumatized me, and that's what's referred to as a dosing transaction. A dosing transaction, again, is what happens when a perpetrator perpetrates on a victim or victimizes a victim and these two of my friends ganged up on me and and they just watched as I screamed and I cried and I begged them to stop and they didn't and this is what it's like to grow up sometimes it's like the Bruce Springsteen song growing up right (laughs) I don't know the lyrics of that song but still it's kind of like this is in so many ways what it means to grow up is to have these things happen to us and the chapter one-on-one, right, one-on-one, they respected me. So they, if if we were just hanging out at one of their houses, if it was just like me and Jeremiah or me and Jared, they wouldn't pick on me. Sometimes they would, but it was different. It was only when I got into groups that things would, where, where I would be kind of ganged up on, not entirely, but... But if it was just me and Jared, we would be hanging out, playing pinball in his basement, and it was cool. Now, the dynamic there was, side, was I was his sidekick. So this was not an egalitarian relationship. This was not an egalitarian friendship. A sidekick, a sidekick again, like a Barney Rubble, is essentially a victim waiting to happen. All right, what's the Honeymooners? There's Ralph, Ralphie boy. It's Ralph, and I forget the name of the Honeymooners. But the, the one guy is the... Is the the sidekick of his Jackie Gleason. So that's a sidekick can be turned on very easily. And that was how the majority of my relationships growing up were. They were like perpetrator victim or perpetrator sidekick. And the sidekick they treat you just fine until they're having a bad day and then they decide to uh, take their bad day out on you or abandon you. And so this sort of happens sometimes in junior high life, right? Like one of the, the, the person who's in charge of the other person gets sick of being in charge of the other person, gets sick of them and then just cards, just discards them. And then that, that person's life is then ruined forever. Right? Like I remember this particularly vicious little girl in sixth grade, This vicious girl who did this vicious thing to this other girl and scarred that other girl for life. And then everyone eventually turned on this girl, right? Because people turned on Jared eventually. People turned on Jared in seventh grade. I always kind of managed to stay in the middle of the pack. I was always a pretty popular kid. This is before popularity, though. This is like fifth grade. Popularity happened in sixth grade whatever reason I was chosen to be popular but like I said in the previous episode they would sort of hold this information that they had about me the fact that I was a spaz that I was crazy that I was basically psycho emotionally dysregulated they would kind of hold this over my head almost like in a threatening way but when it was one-on-one when we were just hanging out one-on-one They were cool, but it was still not egalitarian necessarily. It was more egalitarian with Jared or Jeremiah than it was with Jared, but still. So these are my early early relationships, early friendships are trauma bonds. I'm trauma bonded with these people. We have a pact. We have an agreement, and the agreement is I'll be nice to you until I decide to not be nice to you, and when I'm deciding not to be nice to you, you're going to have to deal with it. That was sort of the packs that we formed. And think about that one kid who you knew from kindergarten or first grade or second grade that maybe doesn't show up at the class reunions. Because everyone remembers the thing that they did when they were like seven. They pissed their pants in school when they were seven. And everybody remembers it at the 30-year reunion. I was at my 25-year reunion a few years ago, and someone brought up this thing that happened in kindergarten, and we were joking about it, and it was funny, but it was actually my dad had got me a boomerang on a business trip, and we took the boomerang to the gym to practice the boomerang so I could demonstrate how the boomerang works, and it flew into a wall and broke, and uh, that was the end of my boomeranging, but I didn't get traumatized in that particular situation. Fortunately, nobody brought up the the spazzy moment with my mother, but I'm certain that some of them remembered it because we don't forget these things. This is why people avoid their class reunions is because they were trauma bonded or they were traumatized or they were victimized or something awful happened to them or somebody beat them up and they don't want to see the person who beat them up. This stuff is real. This stuff runs deep. Trauma bonding is no joke. Childhood trauma is no joke. This stuff, these things that happen to us in childhood set us in so many ways down dark paths before we even realize it. And by the time we're so far down the path that we realize that we're, on the down, that we're down the dark path, we, it's basically impossible to turn around and go back. I say later in the book, the dark path determines your lot. So again, you can see where this is going, you know where this is going. So I hope that this podcast is, is doing a good job in illustrating in a much deeper way where these addic- addictions might come from. Thanks for listening.